This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Well, more fallout from the Black Lives Matter protest at the Gay Pride Parade and the stunning inaction from its organizers. Now, the group Black Lives Matter is complaining that they've been inundated with hate mail after the incident. Of course, the group says that this is an expression of racism and not anything to do with their behavior. And finally, we also saw some mail of a different kind from the mayor. He finally wrote a letter expressing support for the police. Uh, He sent that letter to the Toronto Police Association. So is that enough? What do you think? The numbers again, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, I am here with security expert Ross McLean to talk about these new developments. Welcome, Ross. Good to be here with you, Libby. Thank you. So what do you make of all of this? It's just, you know what, it's a big black eye for the city of Toronto. It's a big black eye uh, for the people who run and operated Pride and for all the years they've been doing it. You know, they got to the point, Libby, where they have the police as active participants, partners, uh, really, for them for a number of years doing these floats, doing the parades. They have uh, the mayor attend, they have the premier attend, and for the first time they have the prime minister of the country attend. I mean, for all intensive purposes. They can, they're there claiming victory. In the shadow, though, of the deaths that took place in Orlando, where 49 people died, yep. which they always wanted to pay homage to that and do it. And uh, here they had a big black eye put on them by Black Lives Matter, deciding to basically interrupt, uh, drop a stink bomb in the middle of the whole thing, steal away. Uh, I mean, the prime minister never made the front page for them. Uh, nothing was said about the 49 people who were killed. Instead, it was about uh, they're deciding to sit down and screaming about uh, their own little problems for this. So it's a it's a terrible outcome, I think, for the city and for everybody. And what about the response to it? So first of all, uh, the organizers uh, signed this letter acquiescing to their demands. Uh, the only backtrack we saw was the next day said, well, he only signed it to get the parade going. Uh, but he didn't come out in support of the police. He said it's a discussion for the community. Now, we've seen this kind of uh, caving before. I mean, there was that whole horrible, um, it was a travesty, the queers against Israeli apartheid, basically taking pride and turning it into uh, what I would consider to be an anti-Semitic show uh, and pride not doing anything. Uh, you know, one of the rare occasions where I agree with anything uh, editorially in the Toronto Sun, where one of their writers today described the Pride organization as a gong show. 
Yeah, and that may well be. And let me give you a little bit of background that most people aren't very much aware of, Libby, as to why this whole idea of throwing the police under the bus and no police floats and no police in uniform and all that. Let me give you a little bit of history on that. Of course, it goes way back to 1981 when it started with the problem with the bathhouse raids, why they started Pride. That's supposedly why they started it and they did it. Well, we've progressed a long way since 1980. Things have changed. We've moved along to the point now that the police who actively take place uh, in this parade, Libby, these are police officers who themselves are gay, queer, lesbians. They themselves have been uh, groundbreakers on the police department, putting in programs, leading, standing out for it, supporting this parade. You have other officers who have family members or friends who may be gay, lesbian, queer, and they want to stand up for them. The Toronto Police Force puts out a year in advance, they call for volunteers for people who want to work this parade because they've got an interest in it. They like it, they support it, they support the values of it, they want to be part of it for all those emotional reasons we just described. That's who staffs that parade. Now, when they turned around and threw these people under the bus, like, oh, well, because they say they don't like you, you're gone. And they don't really stand up for them. I know from uh, hearing from someone who spoke personally with Mike McCormick, the president of the police association, those officers are deeply hurt, scarred, and wounded by this treatment that they're getting from Pride because they are such partners. They're not just there to work it. They are partners in it who blaze the trail with them. And here they are under the bus with, well, maybe you'll be in, maybe you won't. Well, and, and this coming, the year of that historic apology from Chief Mark Saunders. Yeah, but you, you know, that also leads into another question. As soon as the chief did that, I said, and a lot of other officers I talked to have said, okay, here comes the apology train. Because once you apologize to one group, you know, you're going to have to apologize to every group, right? So that was sort of the fear that a lot of us had. But what you see with uh, Black Lives Matters who are doing this, they're not content with victory. They're a bottomless pit. You apologize. The apology is not good enough. You give them honored status at this meeting. They were they were honored guests. Like imagine you're having a wedding and you give someone exactly, honored status exactly. at your wedding. And at the moment of the vows, they stand up, grab the mic and say, hey, this wedding's not going on until I give my grievances about my own little problems. You know, so here they were, they were given this, uh, given this place, they are not happy. They win something, they're not happy, they want to win some more. They get, they're not happy. They weren't happy to stand there and use this platform as honored guests to give interviews like you wouldn't believe, covered on TV, everything. To do that, no. They had to put a stink bomb on everybody else's uh, goals here. That's what they do. Um, so uh, a couple of questions to you. And let's just give out the numbers again, because we want to hear. We've been hearing from our listeners on this all week. Uh, so the numbers again, 416-360-0740, toll free, 1-866-744-740. I'm here with Ross McLean, and we're talking about further fallout from this gay pride mess. Uh, so there are some people who say that, especially given that the prime minister was there, police should have removed them. You know, I'm thinking that might have played into their hands even more if the what we saw was uh, pictures of police removing them. I don't know. What do you think? Well, absolutely. And the problem with this group is, and, and I have to say, that, I mean, people... Their, their big weapon, their big dynamite that they use on anybody is they call you a racist if you try and correct them on anything. You call them out, you ask them for any points on stuff. They, they use false numbers. They say false things, false statistics to put them out and expect you just to agree with them and move on. For instance, one of the, one of the founders there was saying, 
oh, we, you know, the grievances we have is every day uh, queer black men are being assaulted and killed by, by police across Toronto every day. And I'm like, okay, I cover the news. I follow the SIU. I'm on top of the police department. I don't see these complaints. I don't see these charges. I don't see these things going on. Yet there they are yelling these things out. And, and what they want to do, Libby, and this is, a, this is another point, they want to go back to the 1980s. They want to go back to the Hatfields and McCoys. They want to open old wounds. You know, one of the good things about your station that I like is you have so many listeners that have such history with this city. They know how this city grew. They know what this city is made of, right? And uh, they know also what it's like to have someone in your life who can't take yes for an answer and will always go back to something that happened to them 20, 25 years ago in order to stir up and cause a fight and not move on and heal the city. And uh, healing and moving on is a great thing for everybody to do in their life. Mm-hmm. Well, I, 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 I don't think we can say that, that racism is a thing of the past, but, but you know, again, what, how they behaved, I think, is just reprehensible. Um, let us go to the phones. We've got Siva in Toronto. Hi, Siva. Hi, Libby. How? I just want to say that I don't think these people are black lives of any kind. Because I think, to me, they sound like ISIS radicals. I don't, because the lady who said she prays that Allah would stop her from killing these white people, she should have been arrested right away. You know, to say something like that, you, you should be charged with something, you know. And I, I don't know who they belong to, but to me, they sound like Muslim radicals because... I don't pray to Allah, and I don't think the majority are black people, so I don't know who they are. And I sympathize with the guy from Pride, because he in his mind figured, if I sign this, I'll get the parade moving. So I don't think that next year it will be the same problem, because he would have learned. But he wanted to get the parade moving. But I don't know who these people are. Even when they went to the premier's home, they should have been arrested. You know. Well, you know, this caller uh, raises some excellent points. I have said before, and they've been asked before to produce who their membership is, who the people are on their membership list, how many people were, like, what community do you represent? You know, when they held their one protest outside of police headquarters, where they were there for a a period of uh, weeks, I think it was, for sitting there. Libby, I know people who went down there to look at and document what was going on. It was all the standard protesters who show up against SEALs or Aboriginals. Or that. It was all the union people. It wasn't, it wasn't the, the black... The usual suspects? Yeah, it was the usual suspects. It was not, you know, really aggrieved members. And we've got a great black community in this city. Wonderful. I mean, we've got uh, the Caribbean Americans, the African Americans, and we have, you know... Uh, Blacks in this Canadians, country. Canadians, Canadians, Caribbean say, Canadians. One of my best friends, when I, well, yeah. I used to be a best friend of mine working, a black guy from the East Coast. He comes here and he gets asked when we went on a trip somewhere, what country you're from? And he's like from Canada. We're Canadian. He's like sixth generation Canadian. He came up with his relatives on the slaves up, you know, to be freed up in Halifax, living there. He's more Canadian than 99% of the people you want to meet. So we've got some great people here, and I don't know that they represent when they make these claims that that's who they represent. I think they represent their own twisted version of what life is really about. Okay, Siva, thank you very much for your call. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you, Ross, is uh, what do you think of the mayor's response? Is it enough 
was it timely enough? It was dated yesterday. We didn't, yeah, well, I guess we saw it yesterday afternoon, <laughs> the parade. This happened on Sunday. Uh, you know, there's some people saying, oh, well, like, what did he have to do, take a poll first? Yeah, it's an excellent point. And, you know, he was actually called out. I know Joe Warmington, who you had on the show before, was in contact with the mayor right away saying, hey, what are you going to do? Are you going to stand up for the police and say that you can't turn around and throw these partners out? And at first from his staff came a uh, a sort of watered-down communication about we're concerned, we're looking at these things, and pride is very important. But uh, so much condemnation has come out about this. People are so upset about this that he came out with a, a letter to uh, Mike McCormick that he sent to Mike McCormick. says he supports the police being in the parade. He wants to see that be resolved that way. And he's going to work with pride to do it. So he's a little late and a little warm, uh, you know, coming to the party. But you know what? Sometimes, Libby, better late than never. At least he got there. So we have to give him credit for that. Yeah, I'm going to read the last line of his letter. It says, I am confident... Pride and its supporters, including me, will be successful in seeing this participation, that's police participation, continue in the years to come. And uh, I don't know if that's maybe I'm reading something into it, a veiled uh, reference. The city puts a huge amount of money into this event. And at the end of the day, uh, if, if council doesn't like the way it's being handled, they don't have to vote to allocate that money. Oh, yeah. And listen, the Pride people are very cognizant of this. This is a big event. This is a big commercial event, even though it's not for profit. They've got some large sponsors doing things. And that brings us to another one of the crazy demands by the Black Lives Matters people. They wanted to have more funding for their booths and other people's booths. And they wanted to have more space for them. They wanted to have more black people representative. But here's the fun part. They wanted the Pride Committee to have absolutely no say in how the how that booth is staffed, stocked, what it says, the content of it or any such thing there to have nothing to do with that. I mean, Libby, you go try that at any trade show for like GM for the car show and say, I want to put a booth in here, but you guys have got, no, I'll say whatever I want. And you can put in the most blasphemous thing. You're not going to get that. That's totally unreasonable. You have to work with the people who invited you, you know, for doing, and if you don't want to do that, as I heard one of the great gay pride uh, uh, board members say, they've got like five different events where you can do your protest, do something different or do whatever. It's not like they shut people down. So they have the opportunity to do these things. But they're just unreasonable. They're radical, as the one caller said. Um, you know, and, and I, I would ask everybody, if you get the chance and you want to educate yourself on something, jump on your Wikipedia, if you can, and look up Rules for Radicals. And it talks about how to become a t- complete total pest and bother people and, and put in a political uprising. And one of the ways you do that is by being one negative, negative SOB, pushing it so hard that then you get to claim that you're being negative and rude is actually a good thing. Because, hey, look at now everybody's looking at us. So it's a good thing that we're so rude. Well, it's, well. <laughs> it's, it's that, just, that's the, that's the rules these guys are playing under. Okay, let's, uh, let's go to Gilbert in Niagara on the lake. Hi, Gilbert. How are you? Oh, fine, how are you? Good. I have uh, uh, been in a quandary about the uh, Black Lives Matter pro- uh, protest that took place. The question I have is, what drives these people to these extreme measures? And it sort of reminds me of what the young generation who joined ISIL are turning to extremes. What is it? that drives them there, because there must be a cause in our society that makes them do that. There is a kind of a desperation 
and and uh, to bring attention to some facts that they feel that are not being understood by the general public. You, you know, he raises an excellent point there. And let me give you a couple of clues as to where they're going with this. One of them is we talk about their Kardashian complex, right? People who are famous for being nothing other than being celebrities who make an ass of themselves and they get a lot of publicity. We have the movie Jackass and everything else. So in general, there's, there's a lot of people today, young people today, who've grown up that think that bad attention is the same as good attention for getting it. You know, they don't, it takes a lot of work to become a great piano player and go play Carnegie Hall and win fame that way. That's a, and that's a great thing to do. But it's much easier to stand in the middle of a room, drop your pants and say, this is terrible, I'm a victim, and get even more attention that way. So to one degree that, yeah, people are looking at the easy way to get access for something. And I think he is right as well, too, about people's willingness to rush to victimhood and blame your circumstances on everybody else. And certainly that's what they claim here. The problems are everybody else's, not theirs. Everybody else is the problem. They're not. So I think the caller is very astute in picking that up. Okay, Gilbert, thanks. Uh, We're starting to run out of time, so I'm going to take one more call. Uh, And we've got uh, Cynthia in Scarborough. Hi, Cynthia. Hi, Libby. How are you? Oh, I'm just boiling. I'm so tired of these groups, these separate, separate groups of everything. Separate parades, separate causes. We are one. Let's work towards one. And our politicians are to blame because they give these people the platform to separate themselves from everyone else. It's enough. Slavery stopped 300 years ago. Get on with it. Let's get together. Why do we constantly want to separate ourselves from each other? Well, we, we, we have identity politics today. That's particularly played by, by those on the left side of things. That's not to say everybody on the left is bad about things, but they like to identify separate groups and say separate groups have been aggrieved, therefore they need to get these things. You know, you hear the word equitable used a lot these days, Libby. We've all yeah. been aggrieved. The immigrants from the <laughs> 1950s were aggrieved. Move on. Evolve. Well, yeah, you're back Enough. to the point that I was saying. It's time yeah. to heal and move on and, exactly. and, and, and be, a, be a, a human race together in a community of Toronto. We are one. And, you know, the, the pride parades, you know, they're, the, the, they're trying to decide on a name. You know, they're including all these things, gay, this, 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 this. Why don't we just call it all? Well, that's a that's that's a I'll I'll have to say that's a lovely thought uh, that we all get together. I don't know how realistic it is, but I think that's a a lovely note to uh, end uh, today's discussion on Cynthia. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. That is a great note, Libby. It's time to look at people who are working to put things together and mend things rather than tear them apart. Okay. We'll end on that note from you two as well, Ross McLean, security expert. Thanks so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.